Begin to read in Psalms chapter 23. Look with me in verse 1. The Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You can be seated this morning. As I begin to study this chapter and look at it, uh, David, the psalmist, he uh, gave all glory and that to the Lord. Uh, if you look, he opens up with the Lord is my shepherd. Notice he said, He maketh me to lie down. He leadeth me. He restoreth my soul. Notice right here, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. As he talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he said, For thou art with me. He said, Thou preparest a table before me. Thou anointest my head with oil. Notice in this chapter that it's all about what God has done and what God will do. We read this chapter a lot of times when we need comfort, uh, when people are dying, and, and, and primarily out of verse 4, and I'll deal with that quickly here in a minute, or it's preached at funerals. I, uh, but this psalm should give me and you great encouragement uh, uh, as we read it. Uh, to understand that He is uh, our shepherd. So that makes us sheep this morning, don't it? Now if you know anything about sheep, they're not the smartest animals in the world. Uh, Mace Jackson said you could take a sheep down to the next block and it can't find its way up here. You take an old black alley cat about six miles from home and it'll beat you back home. Amen. Uh, but sheep are very, uh, are uh, very uh, wondersome animals, animals, if I could say that. They wonder that, uh, and that from the fold sometimes. The Bible said in Isaiah 53, uh, when it's referring to the Lord Jesus Christ, but it talks about us, he said, all we like sheep have gone astray. And so we have a tendency to go our own way and do our own thing. And so we do need a shepherd uh, and that to guide us. Uh, you mean you need to understand this morning, we cannot find our way alone. Boy, ain't you glad today that you come to that knowledge one day that, listen, it wasn't about you, I, I, that it was about a Savior. I, I'm glad it's not about me. Church ain't about me. I, I, yeah, the light shines on me here sometimes, I, and it shines on other folks, but it's not about us. I, it's about Him this morning. Uh, listen, it's all about Him. This chapter uh, uh, is about Him. Uh, uh, but we are the sheep and we have a tendency uh, and that to go astray sometimes. And if you look uh, uh, in John chapter 10, uh, uh, you know what the Lord is. He's talking about being the good shepherd uh, uh, and how the good shepherd gives His life uh, uh, for the sheep. He begins to tell us something else uh, uh, about the good shepherd. Uh, uh, in John chapter 10 uh, and verse 27, He said, My sheep, uh, hear my voice and I know them uh, 
uh, and they follow me. Ain't you glad that God, uh, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, knows you this morning? Uh, uh, if you're saved, uh, uh, and listen, I'm glad to be following Him. Uh, uh, and listen, and He said, I have given unto them uh, uh, eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them uh, out of my hand. Hey, I'm glad that He's got me as Him being the shepherd uh, and us being the sheep. He's uh, got me. Amen. But I shall not want. Listen, he's making every provision. And then he begins to talk about in verses 2 and 3 how he makes us to lie down in green pastures, a good nourishing place, good for food, that leads us beside still waters. Sheep are not going to like that rushing water and that water that is going to be scary, if I can say that. He said, God leads us to this place where we can go down and get a drink and we can find rest. But then he said this, he restoreth my soul. In verse 2, he's talking about two physical places. But then in verse 3, he's talking about a spiritual refreshing. He restores my soul. You ever needed your soul restored? The word restore means to return uh, to a person as a specific thing that was lost or uh, to replace, but it means to renew uh, or to revive. You ever need your soul restored? You ever need your soul revived? I'm talking about your spiritual man, your inner man. I, I, that, that the battle has wore out the inner man. That life has wore out I, I, the spiritual man. And, I, and he says that God will restore my soul and He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. He's going to get the glory out of it. God ever done that for you? He talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death in verse 4. Uh, he said, I'll fear no evil. It's talking about a time, I really believe, when we're going to face death. David was facing the enemy because he talks about the enemy in verse 5. Uh, and listen, in the fight and in the battle, uh, uh, it seems like we're going to face a death for sure. Uh, but he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And listen, that's how close it was getting. You know, when you're under the shadow of something or something or someone, uh, you're awful close to it. He said, I'll fear no evil for thou art with me. The great thing about being saved is when it comes time to die, we don't have to worry. Amen. Every one of us sort of shouted right there and raised our hand and said, praise the Lord, because look, there's something mean you need to get in our heart and in our mind today. We're going to die. You're going to die. Now it's morbid to think about that all the time, but I am reminded of it from time to time. We're going to die. You need to be ready, but notice right here, he said, Yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Luke chapter 16, uh, when Lazarus died over there, and the Bible said that he was carried to Abraham's bosom by the angels. We will not face death alone. I do not believe we will face death alone. I believe that he will be there uh, to see us through and to get us through. But notice he said, For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. It's not the rod of correction or affliction, uh, but that rod of comfort, that rod of protection uh, uh, that the shepherd uses in that to protect the sheep. He says in verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He wants to be where God is. David said, One thing I have desired in Psalms 27 that I will seek after 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. He said, I want to be where God is. I want to focus on verse 5 if I can for a minute and look at the table that God gives. Uh, the table here as David, and it seems like it may be out of place uh, in this scripture, but we see uh, uh, what God is able to do uh, uh, even in the midst of, uh, of a battle and of a fight. You say, why did you say that? Because he said, thou prepares a table before me in the presence uh, of mine enemies. I believe David is talking about facing battles. And listen, I don't ever want you all to... I was thinking about this while I was studying and thought about it this morning. Uh, uh, we preach on struggles sometimes and battles and fights and climbing mountains and going through valleys. And life is a roller coaster. It's up one day and down the next. Uh, uh, but listen, I don't ever want you... Uh, uh, to, let me see how I can say this. Don't ever let me talk you in uh, uh, to a battle. Uh, don't ever let me as I preach uh, uh, beat you down and talk about uh, uh, the battle and the fight so much uh, uh, that friend, we don't know how to look up. Uh, I, well, what I do want to do today is to remind us uh, uh, that when we are fighting the enemy, and by the way, there is an enemy to fight. There are battles that we're going to have to fight. Brother Jeff, I touched on them just a little bit in Sunday school this morning. We do have an adversary in Satan himself. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil's roaring lion, will about seeking whom he may devour. And then in the book of Galatians, we find out that the flesh is our enemy. Uh, and the spirit and the flesh are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. Uh, your flesh, you let your flesh have control, uh, uh, friend, you're not going to do what you uh, need to be doing. But you do not have to let your flesh have control. I want you to look at what he says right here. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Uh, first of all, number one, as I look at this table, uh, I see it's a prepared table. God has done something right here. Are you awake with me this morning? Are you with me? All right. Now maybe you look like you still won't go back to bed. And I'd hope my preaching would be better than bedtime. Amen. If it ain't, we'll just have to pray harder. Amen. Uh, listen, but notice, uh, uh, it's a prepared table. God has prepared us to give Him uh, and to give us uh, what we need. But what's a table used for? Uh, he's talking about a place that, first of all, uh, uh, that he can go eat. Uh, it's a place to where he can find sustenance uh, uh, and sustaining, uh, uh, and that in the midst of this battle, uh, uh, that he can find what he needs uh, uh, for strength uh, and power to go on. He said, Thou preparest a table uh, before me. You know, there is one thing that I really like, my wife will tell you, uh, and that's breakfast time, lunch time, and supper time. I love to eat. If y'all can't look at me and tell that I love to eat, there's something wrong. Uh, but listen, uh, uh, he's not talking about physical things, uh, but he's talking about spiritual matters. Now let me say that physical things, uh, when you get weak physically uh, uh, from lack of eating, then you know what you need to do? You need to go eat, don't you? Well, that makes sense, don't it? 
I mean, you don't have to go to school too long to figure all that mess out. I, I, and I thought about this I, I, as I studied. I thought about how that uh, when, when Gideon uh, uh, was chasing the enemy, uh, uh, you know the Bible talks about in Judges chapter 8, uh, I, I believe it is in verse 4, it talks about how they were faint uh, uh, yet pursuing. And then the next verse, uh, they go into a town and they want something to eat. Why? They're faint. David is on the run from Absalom. And after he climbs up the Mount of, uh, of Olives over there, uh, uh, Ziba meets him uh, uh, and out with bread and uh, summer fruit and raisins uh, uh, and all that. Why did he do that? He said, because I knew you'd be hungry on the run. Nehemiah chapter 10, Nehemiah is recalling what God done for the children of Israel when they come up out of the land of Egypt and when they were in the wilderness thou gave us also thy good spirit to instruct them and withheld us not thy manna from their mouth and gave us them water for their thirst. Yea, forty years didst thou sustain them in the wilderness so that they lacked nothing. Their clothes waxed not old and their feet swelled not. God not only held their clothes good, not only did their shoes grow with them, uh, but he fed them along the way. Let me ask you, when's the last time that you just sat down at the Lord's table and let God feed you? When's the last time you just cracked open your Bible and needed something and needed God to help you? Uh, uh, and listen, you're trying to serve God, trying to live for God, but the battle is on. Uh, uh, listen, and you're wondering about some things. Uh, if you're going to make it through this one, some of y'all don't know what that's like. Thank God. Some of you do. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to sell out to God, you're going to have some battles. So some people think, you know, I've, I've come to determination, Brother Jeff, why some people don't fight battles. And that's because they're not sold out to God. Hello? I'm telling you right now, if you're going to serve God, uh, you're going to have to fight the enemy. But there is somebody there to help you uh, uh, through the midst of it to sustain us uh, uh, and to get us through. He feeds us with the Word of God, uh, instructs us with the Word of God, helps us uh, uh, with the Word. That's why He said to desire the sincere milk of the Word uh, that you may grow thereby. Hebrews 5 talks about the meat of the Word and that's what we got to have. You ain't going to go too far if you don't eat. You're not going to go too far in your Christian life if you don't eat. That table is a place for us to sat down to find sustenance and to find a sustaining power that we can go on. And that's in the Word of God. That's why Sunday school is so important. I, th I, th I think any time that you can be taught the Word of God, that is important. Any time that you just listen uh, to and for the Word of God, that is important because God can do something with this book and sustain you. That table is a place of food, a place of sustaining and sustenance. That table is a place of fellowship. I was talking to Kelly on the way out here this morning and I remember a time when there was a group of us. Uh, we met with uh, me and Kelly and some other friends. We met with uh, a preacher and his wife that had come in from... It was either they were either living in Cincinnati or uh, living in uh, living in Wisconsin at the time. They had come down. They were visiting, and we met them at the Shoney's, and they put us in the back back there. 
And, and, and I remember that, that we were having such a good time back there and we got a little loud. And there was people that didn't want to sit beside us because we were loud. My wife looked at me this morning. She said, that had to be you and Miss Teresa because you all are the loudest. But you know what we were doing? We were fellowshipping. We were having a good time. Have you ever sat down at the dinner table with folk, with friends, and you sat down and you had such a good time of fellowship that you got up and you left, and you really don't remember what you ate, but you do remember the time that you had around that table. I'm going to be honest with you. There's times that God just wants to fellowship with us. And He prepares that table. It's, it's a place of fellowship. It, 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 I, 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 and listen, I don't know what it is. That, uh, it's just a time that we can get together and sit down and, uh, and talk. Uh, uh, there's times that yes, I need to sit down and eat. Uh, uh, there's times that I need sustenance from God. But there's just time that I need to talk to Him and I want Him to talk to me. And boy, I'm telling you, when you're in the midst of a battle, that's a good time to have God talking to you. That's a good time to be fellowshipping. You know, to fellowship with somebody means you got some things in common uh, uh, and you love spending time together uh, uh, and boy, you enjoy each other's company. Uh, well, how much, how much do you enjoy God's company? Do you enjoy God's company? Do you enjoy spending time with God? Listen, that table is a place to eat at, but it's a place to fellowship. Little John said, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We fellowship around His table when we read and when we pray and when we meditate. Why well, aren't you glad when God just comes by and says, Can I just sit down with you for a while and talk with you? But when He wants to show you something, I love it. I love it. Boy, this table was a place. When David talks about, yea, when he says, though he's walked through the valley of the shadow of death, and through all his trouble, and through all his struggles, and through God trying to help him, he said he's prepared a table before me. He's gave him a place to eat. He's gave him a place to fellowship with God, to sit down and just talk with him. Remember, that's what Adam done in the garden. God's voice would come down in the cool of the day and they would fellowship. Do you fellowship with God? Can I tell you, can I say this? There's one thing the enemy wants you to do is be more focused on them than on the one that can help you. And David's saying right here, I can sit down at the table and I can eat and I can fellowship, but that table is a place of rest. You ever just come in at the end of the day and you wore out and you give out and boy, you're just happy to sit down and just be able to eat and be able to rest and just be able to sit there and talk with your family? Huh? You do like spending time with your family, don't you? Don't answer that. You might get the wrong answer. But it's a place to rest. Notice what he said in verse 2 after he said, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want he maketh me to lie down. In green pastures. Not only are them green pastures, pastures is a place uh, and that to eat at. And not only can it provide sustenance right there and food and strength, uh, uh, but listen, it was a place that you laid down and rest at. So David said, That table God has given me is for food and it's a place of fellowship, but it's a place to rest.
We're looking in Psalms 116. The psalmist, he tells us something else over here. See if I can find it. Psalms 116. He said, I love the Lord because He hath heard my voice and my supplications. Boy, ain't that good. Ain't you glad God hears you? Amen, church. Ain't you glad God hears you? Would you want to pray if you didn't think God heard you? Would you want to cry out to God if you didn't think God was going to listen and hear and answer? Uh, He said, because He hath inclined His ear unto me, therefore will I call upon Him as long as I live. The sorrows of death can pass me and the pains of hell get hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech Thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and He helped me return unto Thy rest. O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with Thee. You know, David saying right here, the writer saying the psalmist does is how because of what God has done and what God has given, you can rest. Is that not, is that not what he said? He, he said what? He said, even though that I've faced death and I even though that I've looked at all these things and seen all these things, I, he said, return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. Has God not been good to you? Has God not seen you through? Has God not got you through today? Amen. You got here. Yo, some of y'all got here with no problems. As a matter of fact, you might have been early. Praise God. But I'm determined that some people, they got to fight the devil to get here on Sunday mornings. I'm determined that it's a fight and a battle sometimes. I like it when it ain't a fight and a battle. But sometimes it is. Sometimes you wake up and it's just going to be a fight and a battle all day long. But you need to remember there's coming a place and a time where God will sit you at a table and He will feed you and He will fellowship with you and He's going to sustain you and allow you to rest. David, I, I, is it in Psalms 30? I'd have to go back and look. But there was four times in two verses that David asked the question, How long, O Lord? How long am I going to have to deal with this? How long am I going to have to go through this? And by the time he gets to the end of the chapter, it's just six verses on, by the time he gets to the end of it, he's already singing at that point. He said, return unto thy rest. Verse 7 of Psalms 116. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. He said, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it through it. And when I do make it, when I, while I am making it, I'm just going to sing to Him and talk about Him. I, I, and all these things, it's been Him that's brought me through it. Let's place a rest. He said, return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. We can rest in the things that God has given us. That table is a place of food, a place of sustenance and strength. It is a place uh, uh, and that of fellowship that God wants to talk with us and uh, He wants to uh, find out. about. He already knows about us, but He wants to find out about us and just spend time together. Uh, a lot of times, there's a lot of things happen around the dinner table, and I and I tell you story and story. But I, I remember going to eat with uh, some some friends of ours, and 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 it was me and my wife and some others, and we just sat around the dinner table, and and I got up and I left that I left that meeting, uh, just sitting around and talking and fellowshipping, and man, I felt good when I left. 
felt good. I, I told one of my friends on the way out, I said, man, I have just enjoyed myself immensely just getting to sit here. It was a place of food and a place of fellowship, but it was a place of rest. I, I, and I was just reminded of sitting at that table I, of what God had done in the past. And I believe that you can even get that if you want to. We'll put it in there. Uh, that God can remind you of some things. I was, I was telling the nursing home, I was preaching Friday at the nursing home. I, I said, God does some things over here for you, answers your prayer over here because you ask Him to. But He reminds us of it over here uh, when things ain't going so good. What He done over there, He reminds us over here uh, of what He's brought us through uh, uh, and He's going to help us do it again. Well, that table is a place where I can be reminded of the presence of God. But I want you to look. He says, He does it how? That prepares the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. So it's a prepared table in the presence of our enemies. In spite of the enemy, despite of the enemy, ever how you want to look at it, the enemy cannot help, cannot stop God from helping you. He cannot hinder God from giving you the strength and giving you the rest and giving you the fellowship just to go on. David said, God's done this thing in the presence of mine enemies. I'm still seeing them and they're still seeing me, but God is working in my life. Well, aren't you glad when God works in your life in the midst of it all? Uh, in the midst of everything falling down around you, you still see God. In the midst uh, of the battle, you still feel God. Uh, uh, in the midst of everything that's going wrong, uh, God is still there. Amen. You ever wonder about that thing? Uh, I thought about how God shows up. Ain't you glad God shows up? I'm glad God shows up. If God ain't never showed up for you, you really don't care. Then you really don't know what I'm talking about. You ain't got a clue. And some of y'all that should care this morning, I better move on. Let me move on. Let me, let me say this. Sometimes God will show up in the midst of our battle. Now, I'm glad He shows up on good days. But, but I don't have to talk to you about good days because you all know about good days. It's easy to praise God on good days. It's easy to raise your hand up in the choir when everything's going good. Uh, uh, it's easy to want to testify uh, when everything's been going good. But how about when everything's been going bad? How many of us want to crawl up in the choir uh, and bow to open our mouth to sing uh, and on raise our hand up uh, and praise the Lord uh, when it's all gone bad? But he said he does this in the presence of mine enemies. I still see the enemy and the enemy sees me. Let, let me say this. The enemy gets a glimpse of what God is doing in your life and in spite of what they're trying to do or he's trying to do to you, he still has to realize that God's on our side. You know, that's, that's what David said at one time. He said, God is on my side. So in spite of what's going on or who you're having to battle and fight, he prepares that table. Notice what he said. Thou anointest my head with oil. I thought about, you know, David, 
David had been anointed king three times if you go back and look in the Old Testament. One time over there in the book of 1 Samuel, Samuel comes by and anoints him as king when Saul was still king. You remember that? Jesse, Jesse sends his oldest through there and, I, and Samuel says, no, not him. God says, don't want to have nothing to do with him. And he sends them all out through there and none of them. And I, and I, and I always thought about Samuel because I know I, how a little bit of that thing works. I've been trying to find messages and want a message to preach and just talk to the Lord and I took my Bible and, uh, and just be searching through it and try to be praying and say, Lord, that looks like a good verse. It is, but that ain't it. <laughs> I'm just being honest. All, all the preachers are about gone preaching today and if, if we get them to be honest, they'd say the same thing. I've got, I've got books of outlines and I've got... Man, I've got... I've, but I've been here for what? 21 and a half, 21, 21 and a half years? I've been here a long time. Man, I've, I've got just about every message that I've ever preached uh, uh, hid away somewhere. And so, and, and, and let me park right here. I'm going I'm to I'm chase a rabbit for just a second. Uh, one of the things that, that I fear the most in my life is I understand preaching and I understand the mechanics of preaching. In other words, I know how to preach. I do. I know how to read. I know how to make an outline. I know all those things. But that don't make preaching good. You understand what I'm saying? It, it, it's, it, it, we go back to, the, to, to, the, to, uh, to, to Samson over there uh, when he said, I'll just do as I've done before and I'll go out and I'll shake myself and he wished not that the Lord had departed from him. That scares me more than anything. I do, I do believe a preacher can preach, but I also believe in the, in the message for the hour. I've had this message on my heart. Man, this scripture came to me in the middle of the week and I started just rolling that thing over in my mind and talking to God about it uh, uh, and then began to look at it. Uh, uh, and my wife, she uh, last night, she said, boy, you're done awful early studying. I said, I already knew what I was preaching. I was studying this morning. You know, if I don't know what I'm doing sometimes, I hate to go to that study. I do, I'll be honest with you. Brother Ted used to tell me, he said, son, I played solitaire in the study on the computer because I couldn't get nothing from God. But he said, if you'll just study and pray, he said, God will eventually show up. And I found him to be true about that. I don't know how we got off on that, but it's all good. He said, down on us, my head, with oil. David had been anointed king three times. Once by Samuel, when Saul's dead, Judah, Judah takes him to be Judah takes him to be king. Then on him over there, and then when he finally comes out of Hebron, and all of Israel takes him to be king. Then on him is all. But this is not what David was talking about. That pouring of the oil, that, that anointing of the oil, I, I believe we're talking about that custom that the Lord Jesus talks about in, in, in Luke chapter seven. You remember when he was over there uh, in, in that man's house where uh, uh, the, the lady come and, uh, and, and wept over his feet and anointed his feet and, uh, and all those things and wept over him. Uh, you know what he told him over there? He, he said, you, you've not... Well, let's just go look. Luke, Luke 7. Luke 7. We've got time. We'll make time. Luke 7. Look in... Uh, boy, that's scary. I was in Luke 8 and it don't read like Luke 7. <laughs> Let 
let's, let's just go back up to verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears, with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. And when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence, the other 50. Uh, and when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore which of them will love him most. And Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom uh, he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon. Now listen, he turned to the woman. He's looking at the woman, but he's talking to Simon. Is that not what you're buying? He turned to the woman and said to Simon. He's looking at her, but talking to Simon. Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water from my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time that I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Let me deal with the rest of this. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she hath loved, for she hath loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is that? Who, who is that? That forgiveth sins also. And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Now understand what's going on right here. I mean, she was a sinner. Really, I mean, we could we can speculate tired of some other scripture in the Bible, uh, but whatever she was, she was a sinner, uh, and she knew who Jesus was, and she came to Jesus, and boy, she was wanting to anoint his feet, uh, and just wept at his feet. Uh, uh, and lo- I mean, man, you're talking about a place of humility. She had fell down at his feet. She was taking the very hair of her head and was washing his feet. Man, you're talking about humility. Wouldn't the God that me and you could do that today? Amen. To be in a place such of humility, I to realize how much of a sinner we really were and how much I, I, because of His grace and His mercy and His shed blood that He forgave us. Well, notice what He said. My head with oil, thou didst not anoint. He said, when I come into your house, you did not Anoint me with oil. The custom of anointing the guest with oil was a place of honor. It was a place of cleansing. But the Bible talks about in Psalms 45, it said, Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee with oil of gladness above thy fellows. It makes your face shine. You know, when that oil runs down over your head and runs down your face, uh, uh, listen, uh, it makes you shine. Listen, do you realize what God does uh, uh, in the midst of putting us at that table, uh, 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 putting us in fellowship with Him and putting us in the presence of Him that is in the presence of our enemies? You know what He does? He anoints us with oil uh, uh, and, and He makes us to shine and that with gladness. 
How much do we shine in the midst of our fights and our battles? Thou anointest my head with oil. It makes us glad. You know, God can make us glad and happy even in the midst of bad times. And then he said, my cup runneth over. With everything that God has done right here, he has supplied plenty and more than what we need. Ephesians 3 and 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. He said, my cup runs over. God, you've done so much for me. In the, in the presence of his enemies, God is making his cup to run over. Think about that for just a second. How good, how good has God been to you? We focus on the bad a lot of times more than we ever focus on the good of what God's done. He said, Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Set the table and flip your cup upright. Got a saucer around, under it. And they just come and pour it full until it runs out. Wants, wants you to know that the cup is full. You know, God ain't stingy, is He? I'd pulled, I'd pulled, I'd pulled uh, my old Bible out. You know, this and I got, when did I get this? In January, somewhere around January, December, January. And I pulled it out just to see what I'd had written in, on the, in the margins that dealt with this chapter. And, and for verse 5, I didn't have a lot written in the margin for verse 5, but I had, it, I had it back to the very last part where it said, My cup runneth over, and I wrote out in the margin, God ain't stingy. We think God's stingy sometimes. God ain't stingy at all. He wants to help us. In spite of whatever we're going through, He can and does supply our need. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, what is the job of the shepherd? I'm fixing to close. Job of the shepherd is to make sure sheep get fed. Job is the shepherd to make sure they get rest. The job is the shepherd on the last part is to make sure they stay what? Protected from the enemy. He hedges them up and when he's letting them feed, that shepherd has to make sure that they're protected. Ain't you glad for the protective hand and that of God today? How many of us? How many of I had I had a fellow tell me one time, I have to be careful about this story, but he, he was telling me he, he was telling me some things and he, he he let me say this. He just simply said, Had it not been for the grace of God, we'd have messed some things up. And I thought, boy, ain't that true. How many times have we just pushed on the wall trying to mess? I mean, getting so close that we was rubbing up against the wall that we was about to mess things up. But boy, by the grace of God, He got us away from it and kept us from messing it up. In spite of the enemy, He lets our cup run over. Ain't you glad of that? I am. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. He makes us glad. 
My cup runneth over. I don't know what you need from God this morning. He won't step. Let's bow our heads if we would this morning.